1: Hello and welcome to the World and Sport. i Wiley. This week, a legend of Solomon Islands football is farewelled. Pacific rugby teams remain winless in the Northern Hemisphere and Papua New Guinea's cricketers head to the United Arab Emirates. But first, Pacific Island nations continue to rewrite rugby league's established world order with Fiji and Tonga advancing to the semi-finals of the World Cup. A week after Tonga became the first Tier 2 country to beat a Tier 1 nation, Fiji ground out a 4-2 victory over New Zealand in Wellington to reach a third successive semi-final. Coach Mick Potter says the Bati players proved they can handle a big occasion.
2: The players had that belief, I had the belief, and the coach, all the coaching staff were, were knew that if we, if we did, did a lot of things right, we were
3: a big chance. Yeah, because there's obviously been a lot of focus on Tonga and Samoa, I guess, for other reasons. They obviously had a tough World Cup, but they've done really well in the last couple of years, and PNG had done so well at home uh despite your world cup history where you'd made back-to-back semi-finals going into this uh it, it almost felt like you guys were kind of um you know almost a sleeping giant like you guys had sort of been able to creep up a little bit
2: I think we just uh, gone about our business just as yeah full games were weren't easy but we were running a couple of comfortable scores yeah this was was going to be a you know a real test for us and and uh, the, the guys were keen. I thought we were steadily progressing through those through those pool games. We just, uh, I think, they, they were building confidence, and and I was building confidence in them because yeah. on how they're progressing. And they certainly certainly uh, showed that you know they could
3: they could handle it. And you know, I'm I'm very proud of what they what they've achieved last night. You didn't just win the game. You won a game solely on penalties. You won a game that was a real a real dogfight, you know, a real grinding out sort of a game. To win a game in that fashion. Um, is that quite satisfying as well? What do you learn about your team, and, and what do they learn about themselves that way?
2: My focus has been in the last couple of games has been also on defence, and and I thought um, I thought as I said I, I thought we steadily got better and better through our pool games with our defence, and and you know I, I thought that really stood up in this particular, particular game. I, I knew the Kiwis would have a, a whole lot to throw at us and and they did you know I, I thought our, our middle defense was outstanding and our edge defense was great as well and you know that they, they only made a few breaks on us but but we we scrambled well to uh, to cover that up so um they had some big players there and and uh, i thought our guys did did a good job on on stopping offloads, and and that that just set us up i think for getting into a grind and you know, to come down to a couple of penalty goals.
3: Looking forward to, to this weekend, Mick. It, it's not new territory for Fiji, of course, for the Bati, is it? Because you guys have made now three consecutive World Cup semifinals, which in itself is uh, a phenomenal achievement, um, especially for a Tier 2 nation.
2: I, I think it's a great achievement for the players and, and what they've done up until now, and it uh, probably shouldn't go
3: unnoticed this particular one as, as
2: well for their, their effort. And I don't think many people give them a chance. And I think um, Deb's an underdog by a long way, and as we will be this weekend. But, but um, there's plenty of fight in the in the Bardi team, and you know, that's that's what we love about them. They they try their hardest, and, and uh, they secure the result on the weekend. And stranger things happen. So we'll, we'll see how we go.
3: Yeah, and a lot of strange things are happening at this World Cup, and a lot of them are Pacific Island sides excelling. Um, what have the Fiji Bati learned? Uh, I guess it was a bit before your time, but what have the Fiji Bati learned from uh, their previous two semi-final appearances at the World Cup? Both of those, of course, against Australia. So not only is it a familiar matchup in the semis, it's the same opponent as well. So some of your players, obviously, that were a part of that. 2013. Well, you're, prob- you're
4: probably
2: Vinny. to need to mate,
3: because I'm, I'm not qualified to answer that question. I, I don't know what they've learned from that.
2: I'm, I'm sure that they've got some experience from the previous World Cup and will and be better equipped for this one, the, the guys that were there.
3: What have you made of the kangaroos? They obviously are the benchmark, in International Rugby League. No doubt you've seen a little bit of them throughout this tournament and throughout the years. So what have what you made of
4: them well, so they're,
2: far? They're
3: the, they are most professional, aren't they? They're, uh,
2: they're, there's no there's no uh, chinks in the armor they've um, they concede very little in points wise and, and they score a lot and uh, they've got they've got a great leader with Smith slater cronk they get them in the park and they've got some really good plays that they come up with and with now leading them that they, I'm sure there won't be
3: any any slackening off and um, there's been a lot of talk about the Pacific nations and how well they've done all four making the quarterfinals uh, at this World Cup and your victory last night means that you know, back-to-back weeks of a Tier Two nation beating a Tier One country previously it hadn't been done before. So, um, is this just a signal? Do you think? Is this is this going to become more common now going think, forward? Is that possible?
2: Yeah, I think I think there's there's more um, island Nations players getting into the NRL, and and that experience and and the whether it's State Cup or in Queensland or New South Wales, that experience in, in those leagues and Super League is, is seeing them in good stead there's more there's, there's more that are, that are filtering into that those systems and they're getting that good practice at a high level week in, week out so these tournaments as, as more more players get into those systems they're um, they just those island nations are going to get better and better and you know I can't see it Stopping because those type of physiques and, and guys and women, to be fair, are, are now playing the game. They're
3: they're um, they're built for it. They're athletic. They, they've got great skill, great great vision. And when you've got two Pacific Island teams in the semi-finals of a rugby league World Cup, uh, is this the moment where things are really going to change now in terms of you know a lot of talk about uh, you know evening up the playing field, evening up the payments maybe, and and maybe maybe some of these tier two nations aren't tier two nations anymore. Maybe they. They need to be treated like Tier One nations. Do you, do you think something's going to happen? Ha- have to happen after this well, tournament. To...
2: That, that's up to the individual countries. I would have thought to, to promote them in that in that fashion. There's becoming enough of of those type players to be classed like that. But they, I suppose you have to earn the earn the right in your in your playing ability and and command that that rate that ranking. I suppose that sort of powers that be. That's the international board. I think.
3: And um, Mick, is there anything in particular you guys are looking to work on this week? Uh, you obviously had a, a great victory, but is there no doubt there are some things there that you would, would like to see your team improve on.
2: Well, we'd, we'd like to score a try. It would
3: be nice.
2: there there's an improvement if we could just um, get our attack flowing. Um, we, we certainly uh, tried really hard, but um, the Kiwis' defence was, was just as good as ours as far as you know, nullifying each other. It was, it was a dour game in a way, but there were some opportunities created by both teams, but we couldn't quite get the icing on the cake to get the try. So yes, we, we want to improve our attack but I'm, I'm focused on our defence and, and stopping the Aussies and if, if you can stop them then, then you still a chance of, of scoring points.
1: That's the Fiji Bati coach Mick Potter. So Fiji will face Australia on Friday night in Brisbane for a spot in the final with Tonga and England squaring off a day later in Auckland. A funeral service was held this week in Honiara to remember the life of former Solomon Islands football international Commons Manapi. The 40-year-old, who scored more than 30 goals for his country, died at home in the early hours of Saturday morning and is survived by his wife and children. The chief executive of the Solomon Islands Football Federation, Joseph Bosso, says Manapi leaves a lasting legacy.
4: Well, the news has come as a shock for everyone and um, we are very, very um, sad and with the family um, at the moment, um, sharing with them the um, uh, difficult uh, time of remembering our comments, but I think Um, In the Pacific as well, Uh, comments left his mark in the um, Australian football scene, New Zealand and um, elsewhere. So um, I think it is a time for Oceania football family to remember um, one of the greatest footballers to ever come from the Solomon Islands.
3: Good. Well, you know, what would you say is his lasting legacy in Solomon Islands football? Obviously those two goals against Australia is something that people talk about a lot in 2004, um, but you know he's obviously played a number of games for his country and um you know had success at club football as well
4: Commons is a very is very much an everyday figure in football in Solomon Islands you um, cannot mention his name to people without them knowing um his um, legacy and his uh, caliber as a, as a player and um i think he really made the mark for him for himself to be remembered long through time with, with those two goals uh, against Australia. But um, in the local club scene, he is a unique player who, re- for me, really embod- embodies the um, the um, football persona in terms of how he works hard and the discipline that goes into um, his training and his um, commi- commitment with, the, with his clubs and also with the national team. And also beyond his playing days, he was still around trying to pass on his um his experience and his knowledge to the younger players.
3: Yes, he'd also been coaching uh national teams, national age grade teams and I think uh just earlier this year or, or just last month he was um you know getting a new license at you know B license for Oceania football so he was still heavily involved and still trying to upskill.
4: Yes, he, he was first brought on um into you know after um, Completing his time as a player, joined the, the Just Play program with the Solomon Islands Football Federation and um, was one of the first people to, uh, we, um, engaged to work with, uh, communities in, in rural areas in Southern Islands and it was very, it was very good to work with him because of his name and, and uh, young, young players were, young kids were just eager to meet him. Um, but yeah, correct. He was part of the, um, RFCB License Course just recently and uh, it was uh, really an important platform for him to further his skills and his uh, career as a coach but unfortunately that's come to um, a very sad uh, stop.
3: And um, are you able to tell me how he passed or was it just in his sleep or is it not something that is to be released yet? Or
4: We've known that he has been unwell for a while. I do not really know the, the details of his illness. Um, but earlier this year, he was uh, very sick during the OFC Champions League and he missed some of the games that his club played in the competition because of the illness. But um, sometimes in June, he seemed to recover and, and, and we thought whatever he was uh, struggling with was over, but then during the OFCB license course, um, we noted that he was a um, struggling a little bit, but um, we thought it was just the heat and and, and the humidity um, during the, 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 course, the time the course was run, but um, as, as we now know, um, he's been sick again.
1: That's the Chief Executive of the Solomon Islands Football Federation, Joseph Bossa. <laughs> Samoa, Fiji and Tonga suffered further defeat on their Northern Hemisphere rugby tours at the weekend. The Flying Fijians pushed Ireland all the way in a 23-20 defeat in Dublin, while the Tahi were thrashed 39-6 by Japan. Manu Samoa slumped to a 17-13 defeat in Romania, and technical Advisor John Schuster admits the squad has gone backwards.
5: We felt that we uh, we'd taken uh, so many steps forward uh, against Scotland, and uh, but we uh, we lost ground uh, the week, a week later against uh, Romania. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, a different type of game. Uh, obviously, uh, the conditions as well. Uh, Romania just played the conditions uh, better than us, and uh, uh, and they got the result that deserved uh, in
1: the end. There's a lot of kicking in the in, in the match. Um, do you, there's a yeah. bit of pressure on the team. Obviously, does that does does that seep in? Do you guys do you guys feel that? I know I know your fans are very passionate and yeah. quite demanding, but uh, yeah. no, knowing that you haven't got that win yet for 2017, and this is your last test and it's against yes. England, who are ranked second in the world. Um, you know, is that, is that something that's on the minds of the squad?
5: Uh, very much so. Yes, uh, uh, naturally it is. Uh, and like you said, it's our last Test match of the year. And uh, now, from, from our point of view, it's, uh, I mean, uh, the, there's no doubt in the uh, task at hand. England are obviously uh, uh, top of the world really uh, with the All Blacks and uh, but we can only hope for uh, an improved performance from our point of view uh, uh, in fact if uh, um, if we can improve on the performance from uh, from Scotland uh, at least then uh, whether it's good enough to get us a result at least uh, we're back in the you know in the right direction so far as this uh, group of uh, players is concerned
1: as difficult a challenge as England will be, um, you know they are one of the top teams in world rugby, and these are the sorts of the games that players love to play. Uh, um, obviously, um, you know it's going to be a real, a, a real test, and I guess it's something that you know will be pretty easy to get up for, to motivate yourselves for.
5: Uh, definitely, yeah, and uh, we've talked about that uh, for our preparation. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, every player's dream really to uh, play against the best in the world, and uh, these opportunities don't come around too often in in one's uh, career, so. Uh, you know that message was uh, uh was well and truly uh drilled into them and uh we're hopeful that uh you know it, uh, it makes some kind of difference but so far we've been preparing well uh we suffered a few injuries as well after Scotland and uh, everyone's on board now and uh you know we we're, we're positive about it it's like i said there's no doubting the the task at hand uh, it will be extremely difficult. They're playing really good uh, footy. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're almost a complete package, uh, so to speak. But I uh, no, no, we're quietly going about our business. We're, we're not there to make up the numbers, so to speak. We're just, uh, you know, uh, preparing ourselves uh, for a much improved performance.
1: And uh, obviously, this England match is very much in in, in focus as well, because you know the other week there was the talk that the uh, Rugby Football Union is is giving their Samoan counterparts uh, seventy-five thousand pounds is a bit of a gesture, and obviously things are tight at the moment financially. Uh, World Rugby's come out overnight and refuted the chairman or prime minister's comments that the union is broke. Um, how, how, how How do the players? How do the squad deal with all that talk around the team and the union while the? obviously trying to prepare for a game of rugby?
5: Um, no, it, it hasn't been easy. I mean, uh, you know, with the social media and, and, and all that, uh, it hasn't been easy. Obviously, uh, we're trying as much as we can uh, as a management group to uh, uh, steer the players uh, away from uh, from uh, that sort of uh, publicity. But we're doing well in that respect in, in trying to bring the focus on on the rugby uh, and why we're here and the test matches that we're here to play and that. And... Uh, let others worry about the, uh, that situation
1: having having not won a game in 2017 from a playing perspective and obviously mm. the coach Fuimo or has also been a, a topic of debate because the fact the fact mm. that the union selected him even though the panel hadn't opted for him as their preferred candidate mm. so uh, amongst the whole squad is it is there a feeling of something to prove
5: yeah yeah no, I mean uh, I can't comment too much on the, on the issue with the with the head coach and so forth but what I can say is that the, the, you know, the, the players are all uh, behind him and the players are uh, all keen and all uh, willing to, uh, to put out a, uh, a good performance uh, for the last Test match of the year.
1: That's Manu Samoa Technical Advisor John Schuster. The Papua New Guinea cricketers have flown to the United Arab Emirates for the final round of the ICC World Cricket League Championship and Intercontinental Cup. The Barramundis are second in the limited overs standings and still have a chance at claiming top spot, while they are ranked sixth of eight teams in the four-day competition. Captain Assad Vala and his squad will play two games against Scotland later this week before the main event against Hong Kong.
0: There's just um, preparation, but there will be earlier rankings as well, so as important as well. So we want to improve our ranking as we go along, so those games are really important for us going forward.
1: And uh, I guess after the series that was in Port Moresby, uh you guys are pretty familiar with them, so uh another chance to lock horns and, and and maybe get one back on them?
0: Yeah, you know, we we play them a couple of times now, so you know. I, I don't think they'll make a lot of changes and you know, we've made one change. So, you know, it's gonna be a tough games, you know, but you know, our main focus going there and playing good cricket and preparing ourselves
1: the rest of the Asad, I think you guys went to the UAE a, a, a year or so back or earlier this year when uh, Dipak Patel was still the coach. Um, so how, how would you describe the conditions over in, in, over there?
0: It's pretty hot. The wickets uh, have been a bit, a lot, or sometimes. But, you know, we we worked we work on our game during the week off. I mean, sorry, during after the series against Scotland. So we're looking forward to it. There's not that. There's no doubt about the work we have done. You know, we just have to We've the best we could. You know, There's no doubt in we've done our work. So it's about going out there and enjoying the game, playing the best game we can.
1: And uh, in, in terms of the series against Hong Kong, you've got the I-Cup game and the World Cricket League uh, Championship. Obviously, that World Cricket League Championship, the one day as you guys have been very strong there, um, you've still got an outside chance to finish top, haven't you?
0: Yeah, we, we do, we do. You know, But there's something we, the, we need Netherlands to lose and we need to win both, but you know, we can concentrate on what the Netherlands have to do, but we just need to concentrate on what we have to do. You know, we can focus on what they can do to get themselves, but what we have to do is play well, prepare, prepare the best we can and win our know, two games. That's all we need to do. Well, if they ourselves go away then you know, we, we don't want to focus on other things, we just want to focus on what
1: we can do well. A new coach coming on board, obviously you had uh, Jason Gillespie there for a few months um, after Deepak left, uh, and I know he stays as a consultant coach, but um, uh, obviously, he's busy with his Australian commitments again, so you've got the uh, former Australian women's assistant, Joe Dawes, or he's still a part of the Australian uh, women's uh, coaching panel, isn't he? So you've got Joe Dawes coming in. What do you guys know about him?
0: Uh, we worked with him during um, the Scotland series here. He worked with us, so he's a really good guy. He knows a lot about cricket. He played a lot of cricket, and you know, we need to take into his experience and knowledge, his and. Some quality teams and international teams, so you know we need to get into his brain and get the most out of it. You know, we love having him. This is the first series with him, so you know we're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to working with him. The boys yeah. as well.
1: Have you guys kind of got a little bit used to having the coaches chop and change a little bit over the last the last few months?
0: Yeah, it's part of the game, so you know we we want to. We can dwell on it. We just have to, you know, the new coaches coming exactly to that and, adapt and you know, do our job. Keep working hard. Get into the middle and. All
1: that's the PNG cricket captain, Asad Vala, and that's the world and sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley, as always. Thank you very much for listening.